what began as an experiment to bring my 11-year-old daughter into my business has evolved into Our Young Creators, a podcast, a training center, and a movement dedicated to equipping kids with real-world marketable skills so that they can fund their own brighter futures. We're here to inspire you to turn consumption time on devices into creation time and use technology as a tool to bond and not bicker with your kids. Join us each week as we share the inner workings of our partnership and bring you stories from guests of all ages and from all walks of life on our quest to nurture and to celebrate our young creators. Hello and welcome back to Our Young Creators, the podcast. We have a very special guest on today, and I'm excited to introduce you to Marina. Marina Darlow is a systems expert and a productivity geek. She sees her job as helping impact-driven entrepreneurs get 10 to 20 hours more of productive work each week, stop leaking money, and prevent stress-fueled breakdowns. An engineer by training, Marina came to the realization a couple of years ago that working for a conglomerate is not as inspiring as she wants her life work to be. The quest for inspiration brought her to found her company, Vision Framework, that helps small purpose-driven businesses from the inside helping entrepreneurs run their companies with ease by putting effective, easy to use and fun, yep, systems in place. Welcome to the show, Marina. Thank you for your kind introduction. Great to be here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'd love to kick off our time together with you sharing how it is that you work with your clients and help them to build systems in their businesses. On the surface of it, you think, you know, you have your email platform, you have your invoice software, and you have your calendar, and they're just tools. They're like barely registered. But when it comes to making a system really work for you and making sure that it sets up your time so you can regulate your energy better, so you can accomplish things that are really, really meaningful to you, when you have a system in place and it shows you how much money you actually make versus how much money you think you were making, these things very, very quickly become deeply emotional. Mm -hmm. And I guess my biggest sense of fulfillment from the work comes from seeing how the transformation happens both on practical and on emotional levels. You know, practically, you know, client would tell me, oh, for the first time, this event went without a hitch for the first time ever. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> That's what we're working on. Or people would say, oh, it turns out I could make enough money to take a vacation and I could raise my prices. Or, you know, 
just people telling me that it's working so well for me. I'm so much calmer since we, you know, put together our weekly, weekly schedule and so on and so forth. When people launch their project, that's mm-hmm. a whole different level of joy. Um, but the transformation on kind of a deeper level, um, sometimes, you know, not just the emotion, but the mindset, the way of mindset, the way of thinking, that's really what matters. That's really where the big changes, the, the tectonic shifts really happen. So many good points there, because I think systems ultimately, like you said, are so personal and we have so much emotion tied to it because ultimately a system is us on paper. It gets executed the way we envision it and to be able to put it into a systematic way where now other people can start helping us do those things the way that we set out. Yeah, that's an, it's an interesting up and down emotionally highs and lows happening throughout that process. So thank you though for providing this valuable service because I think that when it comes to systems, it's not sexy. It's not something people necessarily go into a business excited about, hey, I'm gonna open a business and we're gonna create all these systems. That was not my experience for sure. (laughs) Right, it's like, yeah, I'm going to open a dance studio because I want to run Excel files. Yeah. This is not how it works. No one goes into business desiring that, at least no one that I've ever met anyway. So I want to take a step back and and talk about really what a system is. So if listeners are out there, they're putting together their podcasts, they're bringing their kids into their business, what's an example of a system that they might want to have in place for more productivity? That's a really fundamental question, and thank you for asking it, because there's a lot of misconception about what system really means. So a system on, you know, in the purest form, it's a container or a tool, plus, and this is what really gets forgotten, plus a process to use this tool. So a system is not just your CRM. Mm-hmm. It's not just your Audacity, where you edit your um, episodes. It's the tool and how you use it. So for instance, do you edit your episode following a certain set of steps? You know, you go into the audacity and you hit, let's say noise, and then you go and play with the equalizer and you have them in a certain order. Do you have it on a certain week, like on a certain day of the week? Because you know that your other commitments, say your Mondays are dedicated to editing and your Fridays are dedicated to recording. And this works well because your kids have their after-school activities on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and only Fridays they can record with you. This is a system, something that's repeatable, something that tied together to to other things in your life, and something that uses tools in a consistent, again, repeatable way, that you don't have to make any decisions about like about the unimportant stuff like when exactly am I going to edit it oh shoot I don't have time this week this Mm -hmm. is not supposed to happen when you have a good system yeah and it's actually the the follow-through of implementing the system and repeating the system that really leads to the success building a system is great if no one's using it though that's a whole other set of issues because I know that I worked with a coach too to build systems and productivity and management. And like you said, it was emotional and I had to really take a step back and look at what my staff was doing and how they were doing it. And did I want to have them do it differently? And would it be more productive if they, if they batched their work, for instance, 
yeah, so there's so many different moving pieces, I think, to a system. And I, I really feel for, for my life that a system has to be fluid. It has to be able to be molded and shaped as you progress on, even though there are certain steps. Because, you know, life is ever-changing, so a system needs to be able to, to move with us as we grow as well. Absolutely agree. Uh, I have this little document saying, like, what are the five qualities of a really good system for creative minds? And one of the five is flexibility because as creators, we're not excited about the routines. We're excited about creating. What you said about, you know, creating system is great. The problem becomes when we're starting to implement it mm-hmm. repeatedly. One of the keys to a system that actually works, that actually will be implemented consistently, is it has to be flexible. Mm-hmm. If we go with the same example of, you know, editing on Mondays and recording on Fridays, let's say something happens, you have, I don't know, a surprise visit from Aunt Laura on Friday that you haven't seen in three years from Australia, (laughs) right? Yep. They're interchangeable blocks. The system is there. So you know that you can move things a little bit and still wheels won't fall off the bus. Like you still have the containers, you have flexibility within. You said, you know what? Okay, this Friday, We're not going to record five episodes as we usually do. We're only going to record two and we're going to move a few to the other Friday. Or, you know, we can squeeze in a little bit, we can interchange between Mondays and Fridays if we know, you know, that particular week, if we know, like if our notice is long enough. So there is some room for play. You know, for instance, it's especially true with creative tasks, by the way, with writing you have a big writing block. And you know that every Wednesday afternoon, this is when you write because this is whatever, this is when your children are playing football for three hours and you don't have to be present, thankfully. What are you going to write? Mm -hmm. You may want to write a blog post. You may want to write a product description. You may want to write, you know, social media updates, like your tweets for the next three months. Please don't do that. That's like horrible. Uh, <laughs> but my point is that there has to be some baked in flexibility when, when you create systems and more importantly, when you are in the implementation phase, when you're like just going with it, know that there is flexibility so you don't feel restricted, which ultimately leaves, <laughs> leaves you without a system. Like if you feel too restricted, we rebel. That, that what happens. We just abandon systems altogether. Yeah, and, and you said that um, for creatives, it's hard. Like the system is hard because we want that flexibility, but you're saying with, this, with the proper system, we can really, it's like the ultimate amount of flexibility because we know when things are going to get done. It's not getting left to chance, which for so many years in my business when I first started, you know, I didn't know anything about business or marketing or systems or anything. And I was always having to come up with, a, a creative way to solve whatever problem was that arose right. and every time it might be different. And then it was just exhausting to be in that place where, okay, how am I going to solve this problem without really considering what I had done before? So when, yeah, taking a step back and looking at a system that you said can be flexible and moldable, and you've referred a couple times to blocks of time. Can you talk about how you recommend blocks or how, what do you view blocks as? So if someone's listening and they, they've never heard that term, what does it mean and how do you use it? Oh, I love this. Uh, this is actually at the core of 
many productivity schools, schools of thought, I would say. What it really means is that the way you design your week, first of all, you design your week, mm-hmm. right? Which means that you have specific times throughout the week when you do a certain kind of activity. Um, usually, you know, we have anywhere between three to six major things that we do. Um, be it, you know, and it's not like I'm working on this project and then I'm working on that project. Like I'm writing a book and I'm also writing a blog. It's more like I do writing, I do marketing, I do podcasting, I do admin stuff, I do video stuff. Um, you know, I go out and communicate with my vendors. I go out and do events, whatever. So we have these activities and obviously personal life plays into these activities as well. And then we need to decide what portion of our time is going to be spent on a particular activity. So if I have, let's say, let's say I work 40 hours a week, right? It's just for the ease of doing math. (laughs) And a quarter of my time, I plan to spend it writing or I plan to spend it, you know, on my podcast. That's 10 hours. How do I distribute these 10 hours throughout the week? Um, Let's say I need to do, you know, I can't take all my admin tasks and clump them together and do them just once a week. That's not going to happen. How am I going to spread my admin tasks throughout the week so they don't drive me up the wall? Mm-hmm. What ends up happening that you designate a certain block of time from, say, 8 to 5, or, you know, if it's a whole day, or from 3 to 3.30 for a particular activity. And this block of time is recurrent. So it happens every week. Um, why is it a good idea? Well, first of all, you don't need to make a decision every day what the heck you're doing. On the other hand, it leaves enough flexibility within the blocks. It also leaves you some flexibility to, inter- like, to change the blocks mm-hmm. as long as they're all still there. I can talk about it for ages. But I do want to talk about a common rejection of this time block idea. I heard quite a few times that, you know what, I tried this, never works for me. It doesn't work for me. Uh, it's too rigid or I just don't do things that I planned out, uh, like I planned to do and just, I just rolled with it. Or I just, you know, I need to like have a deadline and that's the only thing it works. And sometimes it's true. You know, some people thrive in crisis. Um, however, most of us do not. And here's one big reason why time logs don't work. It's because people don't take into account two things. One, they don't take into account their environment. Namely, you say, say you work in a big office or in a big co-working space, and you said, okay, I'm going to sit down and outline my whatever marketing strategy for the next three months, and I'm going to work on implementing this strategy every Monday from noon to three, what they don't account for that between noon and three, a ton of people go around their table for lunch and they're getting very, very distracted. Or for instance, if they work for somebody, they don't account for the fact that their boss have other ideas. (laughs) 
uh, or their coworkers. So when you create the schedule without really considering what's going around you, yes, of course, it's not going to work. The second thing, and that's, you know, and, you know, most of us don't live under the rock. So we do make some concessions for other people around us when we design our schedules. However, here's why it really fails when it fails. We have very different focus patterns between, you know, each and every person focuses differently. What do I mean by that? Some people need a full day in order to settle into a meaningful task. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of deep work. The idea of flow? Idea of flow, it's called, yeah, it's called by different names, but basically what it means, you know what, if you need to make something meaningful, there will be setup times Mm -hmm. and you need a good chunk of hours, you know, maybe an hour and a half, but no less than that in order to really achieve the state of flow and really do something that you will be, you know, happy with the result. And people don't know what their own focus patterns are, or at least they're not stopping and thinking, okay, wait, do I need a full day to work on my recipe book? Do I need six hours straight to do other things, but make sure that that project is festering in the back of my mind? So their schedule, their design has absolutely nothing to do with the way they really think and operate. And then, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen you know, it's, it's a bad idea. Um, in my experience, when you factor in your own personal individual focus patterns into your schedule, then it really clicks. Then, you know, the magic begins to happen. And you said so many amazing things. And the first thing I want to address is that we get to design this. It's not something somebody else can come in, even with your help. And you're going to say this, 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 and this, and this. You might offer some suggestions, but you're also going to take into consideration their, their energy and when they work the best, when they feel most productive. You know, for some people, that's five o'clock in the morning. For some people, that's midnight. We all have a different pattern of when we're the most energetic, when we're the most creative. So I love that you take that notion of people's energy and people's need to be productive with time blocks because then when those two things match up, I think that's when people start to understand that having a system is really beneficial for them and they can get more done because they know they've designated certain times to do this task. They've designated certain times to do this task and they're not just hoping and waiting for their week to unfold and then try to squeeze it in because I've been that person And it's not fun. I was much younger back when I opened my business. However, you know, I had lots more energy and just, I could go, 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 go. It didn't bother me. To do that now, though, would be crazy. I mean, I live by my calendar and I have blocks of time where I know every Monday from this time to this time, I'm only going to do this thing. And some Mondays I get to that block and I don't feel like doing that. I'll still at least think about it and maybe redesign it or or think about it a different way. I may not be doing like actual work in that block, but that theme of the block is still happening for me. Exactly. Like you're, you're in your head 
something is still cooking. Yeah. And yeah, and oftentimes, not often, but it happens that you don't feel like doing it right this very moment, but you do feel like doing something else. You could go to your calendar and switch the blocks for just for this week. It's possible. It, you know, it's not a good idea to do it constantly because then you just mess up the system, <laughs> but it's possible. If like, if you're really banging your head against the wall, it's up to you to switch the design. It's your design after all, right? Yes. And, and I just love that it is totally your design. You get to make it whatever you like. And then as we're working with our kids, you know, giving them input and letting them figure out when they're the most productive, because maybe after lunch is not the most productive time for them. Maybe they need to be up early in the morning or you let them stay up later at night to help them accommodate their energy flows and the way that their body naturally wants to operate. Yeah. It's amazing that you work with kids and raise children to be entrepreneurs. I think that's incredibly forward thinking because it's kind of like everybody says that this is where the economy is going in any case. Uh, and I think it's even more than that. You're providing them with tools to be truly resilient because you can always go and work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. But you can't, and I'm saying this as somebody who transitioned from corporate into entrepreneurship, and it was not an easy transition, not on the surface of it, but mentally, it was excruciating. Yeah. It requires such presence of spirit that you better learn it early on. Yeah. And I admire what you do. Like, I think it's incredible. Well, thank you for saying that. It's interesting because when I tell people what I do now, they kind of look at me and, you know, it takes them a minute to sort of wrap their mind around it. And, and then they say, oh, that's pretty cool. So it's so interesting, this journey that I've been on, too, because it's been 17 years percolating under the surface where I opened a business <coughs> performing arts studio. And I've done that for years and years and years. And I was hesitant to explore other things, even though other things started to really excite me as well. So now that we made this pivot in January, it's been so interesting to now be able to connect with people like you who who have so much knowledge about certain things like systems and productivity and workflow and understanding our needs as a creator to be able to make space in our day for everything we want to create and still be productive and be able to provide for our families and help our kids understand that their creations are valuable and their contributions to the world are valuable and it doesn't matter their age. If they are willing to do it, why not give them some skills so they can actually go test it out when they're young before they have to maybe leave their corporate job like you did and then try to figure it out backwards. If we can just raise them up with this notion of here's all these possibilities. We're going to try this one on. Doesn't fit so well. Okay, try on option B and C and D. And we can keep going until something resonates with their little souls and they, they, something clicks and they get really joyful. And then, you know, that joy is going to transcend into them being these amazing leaders for us when we're older. I definitely know that I want to be able to be part of the process of training and equipping these kids so that when I'm a grandma or great grandma, these kids are so well positioned and poised and they just understand at a deeper level you know, what they're called to do and how they can serve the world. 
Yeah, yeah, and how they can live their own sustainable lives yes. and sustain their families, which is, um, which is a big issue when nobody else is providing you job security. Right, and I think I read some stats sometime, somewhere along the way, and I think it was something like 65% of the jobs that exist today won't exist in like 40 years. And that's an interesting thought because if no one's creating new things, what's everyone going to do? You know, these kids really are the future as far as they have to be the ones that are innovating. We have to give them tools and skills so they can start exploring and, and jumping into all these different possibilities. Because maybe one day you and I will be able to be holograms in the same room and, and chat with one another. You know, and it's these kids who have these ideas. And I think sometimes kids get overlooked because they are younger. They don't have the worldly experience or they haven't gone to college or they don't have this degree or this credential. But really kids are such creative beings that if we can start really nurturing that and having them understand that, that's where all the magic happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have a question about families and systems now. I'm going to bring this all back. And so we have lots of families who work with us who are building their own podcasts. Now you've given us lots of really, really great tips and insights on all these different things like flow and energy and block time. When it comes to putting a system together in a family, what might your advice be to parents listening? Um, I think first and foremost, communication and setting expectations with your kids. Because if your communication is really working well into both directions and you are attuned to each other's needs and wants, it's much easier to set expectations and therefore it's much easier to set a system. That's really the beginning and the end of it, I would say. You know, obviously, some kids are more flexible than others. Some kids are more impulsive than others. <clears throat> Apologies. But the same way you set a system for yourself or for your team, it's not really different with your children other than, you know, the emotions may be running a little higher and you may have a different level of tolerance uh, for your own kids. <laughs> and by the way, it could be bigger and could be smaller. For instance... <laughs> <laughs> so I remember true. that, you know how they say that it's really hard to teach your kids, uh, mm -hmm. even if you're doing private lessons to everybody else's kids, because your expectations from your own child are so much higher. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole other issue. But my point is, as long as you have strong trust and good communications, and as long as you agree on things, and it's a real agreement. And that's an agreement that accommodates both sides, right? You're fine. There's not really any big difference when it comes to setting up systems. It's, in a sense, easier with children because they are, you know, unless they're homeschooled, but they're in school. So they already have certain anchors throughout the week. And their time with you is limited by these boundaries. So 
in a sense, it's easier for kids to accept that there's the system because they're already going through a system. They're already in school. They're already within the framework. And, you know, you're a dancer, so you know how this is. I'm thinking about our ballet studio and how, how firm the boundaries are there. Like what's expected, what can be allowed, what cannot be allowed. Um, you're not, for instance, you're really expected to not be late. And you're expected to take responsibility for making sure that all your stuff is in your bag. And, you know, you're clean. There's so many things. Again, I don't have to tell you. And kids follow along pretty well because the expectations are clear and because they chose it. And that's the other piece. You know, we talked about agreements. I would imagine that you're not bringing your kids into the business if they have not agreed to it. Like we're not living in medieval times where you were born in a blacksmith family, so you're going to be a blacksmith, Um, right? We're about giving them choices. So when the kids made their choice and you made this choice together, and you have agreed that you do certain things in a certain way, it becomes easier, just like with everybody else. Yeah, you said so many great things there, too. You talked about communication is the key to make all of this happen. You talked about being able to allow kids to make some choices, and we as adults make choices as well, and then to come to an agreement where it's not this contract, where it's not this rigid thing, but we all come to the table, we talk about what's going to happen, and we agree on who is going to do what, and when it's going to happen. So we have some expectation. So the kids know when they need to have things done. And the kids understand that there's a deadline for things. And then, of course, those skills translate to life. If they choose to go get a job, there's going to be deadlines. Things are going to be due at certain times. And they are expected to attain those things. So many great points you've brought up today. And I know I would love for people to be able to reach out to you and continue this discussion if they have questions on systems, because I know you are so passionate about this. You and I have chatted before this interview, and it's so evident that being able to help businesses be more productive by putting these systems in, their, in place that work for them and work for the people who, who work for them you know, you're so passionate about that. And I, and I know that listeners today and viewers are going to get so much value, but if they want to connect, where can they go to find you? Oh, you can come to my virtual home. It's vision-framework.com because I built frameworks for visionaries. So it's vision-framework.com. Um, you can come to listen to my podcast. It's all about systems and emotions mm. and it's called Systems Meet Humanity. Systemsmeethumanity.com would bring you there. Uh, I would love to see you um, on my website. Come talk to me, disagree with me. I always invite people to debate because I think this is how we learn best. Um, So yeah, that would be awesome if you come by. Absolutely. And I will make sure that I put all those links to your website address and everywhere they can find you in the show notes for this page. So they can just click from our website to yours, connect with you, ask questions, disagree with you, have a great discussion with you. Because this topic of systems and productivity and family and work and kids, it all plays into one big puzzle. We just need to find the right pieces. And maybe for you, Marina, is the piece for you that's missing. You need to reach out to her and help her create, help you create systems in your family business so that you can gain more hours back in your week and really get to a place where your days are filled with joy. So Marina, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. 
Thank you so much for having me. That was great. Are you ready to dive in and create some systems in your business? I would love to know what you thought about today's episode and this topic. Head over to Instagram and tag me at young.pratt and let me know your biggest takeaway or let me know the first system you are going to work on in your business so you can maintain and be more productive during your week. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. I will catch you very soon. Cheers. Cheers.